what was going on in your life before the time, you know, you, you attended your first breathwork session? What was happening? Well, I was in a, a fresh marriage. I had been married for about six months. Mm. And um, we were already having problems. And a lot of problems that I wasn't really acknowledging at that time. Um, things that I was, you know, I, you know, you just got married. You're trying to, <laughs> you're, you're still hoping for the best. Um, there's still a lot of the like honeymoon stage going on, but there was also conflict boiling up. Um, and the type of conflict that I'm just not comfortable with. Tell me more, like, like <clears throat> no holds barred, say right, whatever right. you want to say. Like, what was it like? My wife and I would get in these arguments, you know, and, um, you know, she, she has explosive anger mm. and, and, uh, you know, I wasn't regulating around her either when that, when that would boil up. Um, we had a, we had a lot of great moments together, you know, and it wasn't like it was all the time. Uh, the, the great moments in our relationship were wonderful. And, um, but her mom kind of warned me about this. She told me, you know, she's either a demon or an angel and it kind of depends on what's going on. And, and I was triggering her and she was triggering me and it was just, it was just not good. It was, it was getting worse. And, um, but you know, you're six months married. We just moved to Hawaii. Um, you know, it, uh, outwardly, you know, from, from everybody else's perspective and you're telling yourself that this is, you know, this is the dream, right? Um, <laughs> but there were just moments that, that were boiling up that it was apparent that it wasn't all a dream, you know, the red flags started showing right. up, the red flags were showing up and, um, they had been showing up, but I was ignoring them. And, um, but it was getting to the point that it was, it was hard to ignore. And I, I think I was investing a lot of my energy into suppressing that realization that this is not the way that it's, you know, a healthy marriage is supposed to look. And that was when you kind of were reaching out to me at that time as a colleague saying, Hey, I've been following you for a while. I'm kind of at this crossroads with my career and want to know, you know, what's, what's next for me. And that was the big question mark. And I just, when you reached out, I said, look, man, why don't you just come to one of my events and see what comes up? You want to just talk a little bit about that? We're both chiropractors and you had kind of moved beyond your chiropractic practice. And that was something that I was inspired to do and had been inspired to do for a long time. Um, and that was really my goal. And so I, I saw <clears throat> what you were doing and I had also just seen and, and liked some of your internet content, <laughs> you know, before that even. And um, so, yeah, I reached out and I just asked and I was, I was initially seeking career advice. <laughs> and then you uh, gave me a free ticket to come to your breathwork and badassery with um, workshop, a weekend workshop. And I didn't, I didn't know what that was. And I'm a meditation coach myself, but I had never experienced anything like that meditation that we did in that breath work. And a lot of the material was eye-opening, but um, specifically the inner child meditation piece of that workshop was, was really eye-opening. And suddenly, you know, it was like time travel. I was transported back to a time that I had suppressed something that I had just kind of put in a little box in the corner of my brain that I didn't want to think about. 
and this repressed memory of, um, you know, when I was 11 years old and there was some abuse going on, some physical abuse, emotional, mental bullying and intimidation going on from an adult in my life, uh, from a parent. And, um, and suddenly I realized I remembered other things that triggered other repressed memories of similar episodes that went on throughout my childhood. And I, I suddenly realized that I had been replaying those patterns in not all of my adult relationships, but most of them. And certainly the most recent, more serious uh, adult relationships that I was having romantic relationships that I was having, I was finding people to play the role of that person of that parent in my life i they, they were like the stand-in and and um oh. and, and, and so coming out of that I, I i said to myself i think i said this to you at that time that this is either going to save my marriage or it's gonna hasten its inevitable demise but it, it suddenly it made sense why i was having all these problems in my relationship wow you know how would you describe your state in those three or four words where you finally reached out and said okay i gotta do this well, it was, you know, I was aware that I had a pattern of, of attracting some of the wrong people, you know, and trauma um, bond, trauma bonding is what I, but I didn't know that's what it was called at the time. Mm -hmm. I, I had a pattern of trauma bonding. I didn't, I didn't have the vernacular. I had no concept of any of this stuff that we've learned here. And so, but at this point when I was in this marriage, you know, and I had these sudden realizations, you know, um, God, it was just like, how did I end up back in this place? I thought that I finally met, you know, the one, you know, you want to romanticize it in that fantasy of like, I finally found the perfect person for me. And, you know, um, which, you know, if you think about it, there's the like, subconscious narrative of, of like the person to rescue you. That's not how I thought about it at all. But um, yeah, I, I, I was romanticizing the situation and suddenly I realized, man, this is bad. I'm, I'm in a marriage that is on the wrong course. And when I started to learn about the trauma bonds, I realized that even this, this relationship that I had thought was different was on that course. And it was in fact, a trauma bond. It was the same. It was something incomplete. And so, I mean, you kind of covered this, but what was it that made you decide to start working with me over someone, someone else? I trusted you, uh, just because, um, of my experience with you as a colleague already, I, I already had some level of trust anyway. And then after that first workshop, you know, the fact that you really connected me to that place, it felt like 10 years of therapy that we did in that afternoon on a Saturday. And, and so, I mean, at that point, I knew that this was the work that I needed. Mm. Uh, there was no question about that. And so what happened since soon as you jumped in, all right, it was, you saw, you got to meet, you know, healing trauma bonds, we have to face our resistance. But uh, was there a big breakthrough or any epiphanies that you realized that changed everything for you? In the first one on one session that we did, I mean, I, it was the first one that we did that we really went back to that place that I had, um, when I was 11 years old, when I was in the middle of a family dinner, mm. when uh, suddenly an abusive situation erupted. And, um, and we really went back to that place. And you really helped me immediately in that first session to kind of reframe well to first uncover the meaning that i had made that mean about me mm. um which is that i'm 
I'm weak and I deserve to be hit and abused and bullied and intimidated. Um, and, and that I had blamed my 11 year old self for that. Mm. You know, you think about these situations and with trauma, you know, it's often about what you make it mean about you. And usually the person who is undergoing, you know, the, who is receiving the abuse is the one who takes the shame away from it. And I had taken the shame of that situation. I had tucked the memory away where I wasn't thinking about it, but that old tape of that shame, that weakness, I deserve to be treated like this. That was still playing in the background subconsciously. So it was informing my relationship choices and, um, and, and the way that I showed up to those relationships. One of the biggest things that I get, you know, uh, attacked for is that I victim blame. Right. And so here you are a victim yeah. of abuse. And can you just talk about that conversation of not that it was your fault because many people will listen and say, oh, are you saying that it was your fault? Can, can you just go into that about how you noticed yourself repeating these patterns and going, wait, taking and, and the conversation of taking responsibility for that rather than blame? Well, you know, there's the those old adages about relationships and what's the common denominator. And, and I had been in four different relationships um, in my life with longer term partners where they got violent with me. And the, it was the it was the first one. It was when I was young and I was in high school and college and I dated a girl for four years and she would get violent with me. She would slap me, you know, at different times. She would just freak out. She would throw things um, things like that. And then, you know, there was a long period of time where <clears throat> I didn't seriously date people. I was just kind of casual. And that was that those jaded Jason years. But then, you know, that that violence started to show up again in my last three relationships. Interesting. You know, where um, I had a woman who, you know, punched me in the face and uh, and you know, shoved me and did some different things. And then, um, and then I ended up in another relationship a year or two later. And, and this woman would freak out and get violent and shove me. And, it, you know, one time punched me in the face repeatedly until I got out of the car so that she would stop and followed me outside around the car to punch me some more. Cause wow. I, I ate too many of her steak bites. You know what I mean? Oh it was, my gosh. was always something stupid that would trigger these episodes. And then I found myself in this marriage and and my wife was crossing physical lines. When we get physical and we talk about violence, vo volatility and violence is reactivity. It's basically when two people get knocked back into a wound and that ability to communicate is lost. Right. And what happens is, what I realize is toxic shame gets triggered and we regress back. Our prefrontal cortex stops working. We go into threat. So right what we were working on was not to blame you, but to, to kind of get, get everybody to see, all right, where was the threat happening? Cause we want to dismantle it, not blame, right. not lay the blame. Could you see where that the threat was triggered that created that behavior? Not that it was your fault. I'm with you on the, the victim blaming and, and, and all of that. I, what I realized was my wife had grown up being abused and and, and bullied at school and, and she would come home and 
after getting beaten up at school and her mother would, it would, and she would tell her mom, you know, when she's five, six years old, seven years old, and her mom would just say, you know, if you ever come back and tell me something like that again, I'm going to beat you up some more when you get here. Mm. And, and so, and then in my experience, you know, being, um, being physically assaulted and, um, and shamed and all of that stuff, my toxic shame came uh, from that episode when I was, you know, just 11 years old and a, a grown man was doing this. So, um, so then we met in the middle and oh. it, it was like, my toxic shame was, uh, was in the background playing this tape. Like I, I'm, I'm weak and I deserve this. This is the way that people who love me treat me. And this, this is, is, what this I is normal. It's familiar. And she was meeting me with that other tape that she had learned from, from her experience growing up, which was like, I, you need to be the bully so you don't get bullied. But there, in hindsight, there was, there was still a part of me that wasn't ready to let go. And, um, and it was that part that wanted to be seen, that wanted to fix her, that wanted to rescue her, to that, rescue her, that wanted to rescue her so that she could rescue me mm. so that she could see me and give me that validation that I wanted from that adult when I was 11 years old. And, mm -hmm. and it was just something that took a long time to uncover, but I used my marriage opportunity for me to, to also work on myself and to go deeper with this work. And it became the container for my own healing. It was really getting to that point where you really realize and you get a felt embodied sense that um, this is my attempt to get that 11 year old that validation from the from that he needed back then in that situation from the, you know the parents and the and the you know the things that happened all the way back then and that this person is never going to be able to give that to you and um but also getting to the point where i was able to give it to myself and mm. to see it for what it was and to see that um this relationship was never going to work for that um, and at that point, you know, that's, it becomes obvious what the solution is. And so what was your biggest win during the time that we had been working together? My biggest win. I don't, I don't tend to do well with favorites and biggest. There's so many wins along the way. <laughs> I, you know, I think that, um, making friends with my shadow and these parts that I wanted to avoid, um, these fearful parts, these shameful parts. Um, you know, I feel like I found a voice inside of myself that, um, that I, I was lacking that felt suppressed. I, um, and, you know, overcoming old resentments and, um, and, you know, all of this stuff brings up anxiety in people because this stuff is playing in the background and constantly bubbling up and you're just trying so hard to resist and suppress these things. Um, there are just, you know, there are so many people in my life that uh, I've known over the years or been related to have had problems with alcohol and drugs and, and just really seeing that a lot of that is that effort to resist and suppress these painful things, these things you're afraid of, these shameful things. And, and to be able to do that without the need to resist that, to be able to face those things mm. and show up and to look them in the face. I mean, that, yeah. yeah, I would say that's huge. 
That's pretty huge. You know, uh, most people are devastated by divorces and, you know, this feels like a, a rebirth for me, you know, to come out of this marriage and, and to not be incapacitated for some length of time. Like maybe I would have been in, in this situation if I hadn't done this work. Amazing. Super duper cool. So how do you feel now in three or four words? What, what's going on? Are you, you know, where are you at? You're working as a chiropractor. You've now, you know, started, you've just, uh, when we did our facilitators, you were like, I'm, I'm in. And so you've been learning how to guide others right. within your practice and your, what you're offering, you know, how do you feel now? What are you up to? Yeah, uh, I feel, I feel inspired and I'm, I'm, I'm looking ahead and at looking to make some changes. I, um, I have been working on course material um, and working on coaching others uh, to do this work um, and um, working on putting some courses together and, and, um, and a business model for that. I, Beautiful. Um, yeah. You want to guide other people who've been through right, right. I want, same I, thing. Yeah, I want to guide other people who have been through the same thing. I realize now I've, I've plugged into some different communities and I've realized that so many people are dealing with the same kind of thing. And you noticed that, eh? this is just uh, such a gift to be able to offer those people. And a, what such a great tool that, that people are asking for. They're, they're wanting something to help them out of these situations and to figure out how to deal with these things. Um, and, and so I'm working on putting together my own offer, the tools to help them with that. Beautiful. And so what would you say to anybody who's kind of watching and they're on the fence and they want to, you know, maybe take that step and they're scared and they're anxious and they're on the fence just the same way you were, what would you say to them about? People don't think about their brain being a muscle. They don't think about their, um, you know, their heart, it, you know, obviously the, the organ, the heart is a muscle, but they don't think about their, their loving heart being a muscle, but these are things that you have to work out and exercise to make them stronger. Cause and, we didn't learn them growing up. And those first reps hurt and, and you can't lift very much and you got to just keep showing up and, and, and welcoming that temporary pain, um, that facilitates the growth. Beautiful. Jason, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, it's been so cool watching you expand and uh, become a butterfly, <laughs> if we could use the nature analogy. And um, I can't wait to see what's ahead for you, brother. Yeah, I, you know, I think that this process, like, really was the process of like, reconnecting with myself and mm. reconnecting with you know, the me that was, was buried under, you know, the conditioning and the pain and all the stuff that happens to people. And so, you know, thank you for, for introducing me back to myself. Thank you, man. <laughs> Big love.